Wellness Force Radio. Feelings are essential, but they can't dictate our actions. We literally infect each other with our emotions. We came here for a special purpose. Let the purpose unveil itself. Knowing without doing is the same thing as not knowing. They're not just trackers. I'm going to wear this and it's going to help me do the right thing. Wellness Force Radio, episode 114, with the best selling author of The Earth Diet, Liana Warner Gray. So, to avoid feeling bad and to avoid feeling upset and sad and depressed and disempowered, I would go straight for the junk foods and then it would make me feel better just only for a few minutes, which is crazy how much torture we put ourselves through just to feel better for like 10 minutes. Then maybe you could be like, well, you know, no, this feels like a self-sabotage. And that's when we go into the shadow work. That's when we have to turn and face it and go, why do I want this burger right now? Why do I want to make the situation worse for me? Be like, no, I'm going to take out my light sword. I'm going to slay it right now. And in fact, I'm going to have a green juice and I'm going to kill that craving with a green juice instead. And I'm going to own my power and I'm I'm in control of my health. What's up, my friend? It's your host, Josh Trent, and welcome back to another episode for your weekly access to global experts in all things wellness, behavior change, and new technologies. In this podcast together, we'll discover the connections between our emotions and healthy habits to live life well and enjoy the process. Support for this show is brought to you by Perfect Supplements, passionate about non-GMO, pesticide-free, real food supplements that fuel us for the wellness journey. If you've been looking for a company to trust with your nutrition, click over to perfectsupplements.com and use code WellnessForce to save 10% off your entire order. I am 100% sure you're going to love this episode with my new friend and best-selling author of The Earth Diet, Liana Werner-Gray, as we discuss openly about food addiction today and how to use natural foods to create a life where you no longer have to be a slave to junk food and the emotions that drive their consumption. This is a really timely and powerful show as we just learned about new reports from the NIH that have recently come out two-thirds of adults are considered to be overweight or obese. And the part that makes me cringe the most, that makes me sad and honestly angry enough to speak my voice and my truth right now, is that one-third, over one-third of children are considered to be overweight and obese. So excuse me while I go on a quick rant here, but we're not going to be able to change the food policies and all these weapons of mass distraction from fast food and big food companies on the TV and on the roadways unless we start voting with our attention and our foods that we eat and the conscious effort we put towards showing up in our wellness. So this show is really pivotal. I urge you to listen to the emotion and the meaning behind what Liana is sharing today, food addiction. It's a big one, especially when I was a kid. It was a big part of my life. I I dealt with exactly this issue. I see it all the time with clients in my coaching practice where people are trying to get more information about what they should be eating when really the deeper work and what Liana calls mirror work on today's show, this is what actually builds the bridge between knowing and doing. So I'm really honored and excited to share this raw and real conversation with a woman who spent many years in the vice grip of junk food being addicted early in her life to foods that were making her sick and unhappy to a point where she'll discuss how this addiction created a tumor in her body, which was the wake-up alarm she needed, and it's the same one that's ringing in our country right now for millions. All right, no more waiting. Let's jump into this timely conversation with Liana Warner-Gray. Liana Warner-Gray is a best-selling author of The Earth Diet, published by Hay House, which reached number one on Amazon in nine different categories. She's an advocate for natural healing using a wholesome diet and lifestyle, and in 2009, she started an online blog in an attempt to break her five-year addiction to junk food binge eating. She declared that for 365 days, she would eat only foods directly from nature and called it the Earth Diet. In three months, she healed herself of many health conditions, including a precancerous tumor, chronic fatigue, glandular fever, virus, and digestive issues. Liana has found a way to have all her favorite foods, but in a more natural way that nourishes the body as well as hitting its pleasure spots. Liana, welcome to the show. Hi, Josh. Thank you so much for having me. Woohoo! This is going to be so much fun. We met in person, actually, at Mark Sisson's house. It's so great. I'm excited to talk about this, and it's been coming up a lot for me in conversations with clients. It's the connection between our emotions and healthy habits so we can live life well. And you have an incredible story, which I'm so stoked to jump into. We'll talk about the Earth Diet. But Liana, I'm curious, you're a best-selling author. You're somebody who serves millions of people towards better wellness. What's something that most of us don't know about you? (laughs) Interesting. I think, you know, I'm a very open book. So I think people who follow me on social media know everything about me pretty much. (laughs) You're pretty open on there. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything fun or unique that you typically don't share? 
Um, you know, okay, fine. I love rap music and I have to admit that because I think when people look at me, they would not think, oh, she's into rap music. So there (laughs) you go. That's something that not a lot of people know about me. (laughs) Mm, That is so cool. Well, this story, I want to go right to the origin. We're talking about our emotions, our healthy habits and how natural foods relate to that. Now you were raised in the outback. And when you told me this in person, you're like, yeah, Josh, I'm I'm raised with the Aborigines in the outback of Australia. I was like, who is this woman? Was she serious? (laughs) Well, after reading your book, I realized that you were raised in the outback. That was your ethos. You knew what it was like at a really young age to eat natural foods, but you strayed from that. Take us to there. Take us to the outback when you were really young. What was that like? Yeah. Wow. You know, it's so unique that I grew up there and I'm so grateful now. I mean, as a kid, it was just where my parents were. So I didn't really think it was any different. And it was such a small town. It's called Alice Springs and it's literally like right in the middle of Australia and it's in the bush or the outback in the desert and there's not a lot around. We didn't even have a McDonald's growing up. That's how small the town was. Thank God. (laughs) Yes, right? (laughs) So I loved it because I remember from age five, that was my earliest memory, was like looking towards the Aboriginal people because at my school, half the kids were white and the other half were Aboriginals. And I remember looking at them and their families thinking, wow, they look really healthy and they look really fit. Like they had very lean muscular bodies. They were never overweight. And my grandfather was very overweight and I kind of compared and I was like, what's the difference? And I just realized, okay, you know, they're doing something different than what we're doing. And, And our school would teach us a lot about the indigenous culture. And we were actually taken out on school excursions and we'd go camping and we were taught how to survive in the wild, in the nature, and how to collect water and how to find food, like bush tucker. Mm. And so I learned all of that from a very young age that the best way for us to possibly eat in terms of being healthy is to be connected to the earth, in harmony with the earth, and to take food literally from our backyard. And if we can pluck food straight from the tree or the bush and eat it, that we get the most nutritional value and we get like this high vibrational energy as well. And you had this dream of of being in the arts. You wanted to be in film and you ended up moving to Brisbane City. And this is where you started to become attracted to these junk foods, which, by the way, did not exist in the outback. And it reminds me, we interviewed Damon Gamow from that sugar film last year, and he actually set up a foundation that we can link in the show notes today. It's the documentary for Australia, the Maori Foundation, where sugar had affected their culture so much, Liana, that so many of them got sick that there was an epidemic there. You came into the Brisbane City and you were introduced to sugar for the first time. What was that like? Yeah, so I definitely rebelled and I was, you know, living by myself. And so I didn't have my parents around or the, you know, the Aboriginal influence around to tell me like, don't eat those kinds of foods. So I started indulging and I just loved the the chocolate peanut butter cups and the gummy bears and chocolate biscuits and burgers, KFC. I mean, every kind of junk food, you name it, I would eat it. And I loved the sugar high that I would get from it. So I would get for like five or 10 minutes, I would feel so amazing. And it was like the best feeling in my body. And then of course we crash after we eat junk foods, but I really became like addicted and dependent on that sugar high and or that junk food high. So I did that every single day for five years. And you're like 17 years old, right? When this started? Yes. And I knew it was wrong because I knew that this food was so far removed from nature and that it wasn't in its whole state. And I knew that it was not providing me with nutritional value. And then of course, I started to notice my health was declining. I was gaining weight. I was feeling bloated. I was having skin issues. I was having digestive issues. Mm. And then I just felt disempowered because I did not feel in control. I felt like as soon as I had this craving for junk food and it was this strong impulse I felt like I was not in control of it that I had to go out and just have it and there was no other choice for me so I felt kind of like locked in this jail cell and I didn't feel like I was living my dream life and I was going to a film and television school at the time and I just felt really unhappy yeah you're 17 you're 18 at that age Liana we only have certain bandwidth for psychological tools right depending on the examples we learned from our parents Mm -hmm. and I think a lot of people can relate you know you, you graduate high school you go into university you go into your next stage of life There's a lot of anxiety for some people there, for millions of people, actually. I'm curious about your story, though. If you look back, do you feel like the junk foods at that time were filling any kind of emotional void or any energy that you were missing? Absolutely, because 
now that I look back at it, like my family has a history of addiction and depression and cancer. So those are all things that I've had to be aware of, like, okay, those are in my DNA history. And so those are cycles I have to break. And so with addiction, that's something that perhaps I was even born with. It was in my chemistry makeup. And that's why I started to form that addiction. So Mm. it happened whenever I felt like disempowered or depressed or felt like, you know, I can't really live my dream life. Like who am I to live my dream life? Like I'm, I'm not good enough. I'm nobody, you know, all those like disempowering thoughts. As soon as I would think those, that's when I would go to the junk food because I didn't want to feel bad. And at the time I was not aware of shadow work or doing that kind of thing. So to avoid feeling bad and to avoid feeling upset and sad and depressed and disempowered I would go straight for the junk foods and then it would make me feel better just only for a few minutes which is crazy how much torture we put ourselves through just to feel better for like 10 minutes wow there's so much in that sentence I want to pick apart we only have an hour together today so you know (laughs) the shadow work I'll make a mental note but you had this wake-up call at some point you're 21 in the hospital you had heard this popping sound in your neck and it was diagnosed precancerous take us to that moment when you had this threshold that you really breached emotionally in the doctor's office so okay i was at the hospital they did a biopsy which was super painful they took a piece of my neck out and sent it away for results because i had it was the size of a golf ball this lump was just sticking out of my neck on the right side and it was in my lymphatic system Mm. and then the results came back the next week and at the time they said it was precancerous stage one nowadays they have stage zero one, two, three, and four. So stage one is actually more developed than even stage zero. So I had stage one cancer, which at the time, even just me thinking, wow, okay, it's like precancerous, this tumor, the size of a golf ball in my throat. I mean, I was freaking out. And I thought, Hmm. I did this to myself. I know that I ate way too much junk food and it was in my lymphatic system, which is the body's sewage system. And what happens is when we put way too much toxins and poisons and rubbish into our system, the lymphatic system backfires. And that's what happened to me. And it exploded with this tumor and it was stopping the flow. And so I got like more sick as time went on from that blockage in my throat. So I really had to like clear it out. And I was also diagnosed with chronic fatigue, Epstein-Barr virus, and my blood work showed I was on the verge of leukemia. And then I went to get a live blood test done. I really wanted to see what was going on with my blood. And sorry, this might freak out a few people, but I had my blood test done. They showed it on the screen. And I saw so many little like worms, which are little parasites, basically invading my blood. Oh, my God. And to see that, and that that was all of the junk food and the rubbish I just put into my body. And it had Mm. like, it was overtaking my body, basically. Mm. And when I saw that on the screen, I was like, well, this is real. And it was crawling around in my blood. And I felt like, oh, I need to get back in control of my health and my life. And so that was my major wake up call. Oh my God. It's a breakdown and a breakthrough at the same time. I mean, you literally were there asking higher intelligence, God, the universe, that force we all know is there. We can't explain. What did you say at that time? I was like, okay, universe, I need something bigger than myself to pull me out of this and to help transform my health. And I knew what I had to do physically. I knew that I had to stop eating junk food. I knew that I had to start restoring love back into my body and proper nourishment and proper nutrition from real foods. Mm. But I said to the universe, look, I have this major addiction. And for every day for five years, I tried to tell myself, I'll stop tomorrow. I'll stop tomorrow. I'll start again next Monday. And nothing worked. And I said, I have no idea how I'm going to never crave junk foods again in my life because I'm, I love them and I'm so addicted. Yeah. You know, what can I do? And I just really had to surrender that to the universe. Oh my gosh, Liana, when you said, I want to connect to something bigger than just me, I feel like that's the transcending moment for a lot of people that are leading others in the health and wellness space. And, you know, in 2009, you're, I think, 22 or 23 at that time, your movie and film career blossomed. If you look back to those dots, how did that happen? And then what was the bridge to write The Earth Diet? Yeah, so I was always very passionate about the arts um, ever since I was a kid doing writing and film and television. And and so, yeah, it was really fun doing working on some films and stuff like that. But 
once I started the earth diet, so what happened was just one day, and this is what happens when we really surrender and ask God or the universe, like I need help. All of our questions are answered. It's amazing. And so just one day, it was a Saturday that the universe literally just like dropped this into my my mind. It was like, here's what you're going to do that's bigger than yourself. That's going to break your addiction forever. Mm. And I was like, whoa, whoa, okay. And so the message I got was start a blog and for 365 days, only eat from the earth, call it the earth diet, which totally made sense to me. And that was the day that my whole life changed. And I just felt this huge burden lift off my shoulders. And it was incredible. And I was now excited about all of my favorite foods that I wanted to eat for the rest of my life. But to find really creative new ways to eat them in a clean, nourishing way. Yeah. And so once I started the blog, I wasn't as passionate about doing film or the arts anymore. All I wanted to do was to do this blog, to heal myself. And then after the one year finished, I wanted to make it into a career. And that's when the books came out. And I've just been very passionate about this as my sole purpose ever since. Yes. And we're going to dive into the Earth Diet book, which I got the pleasure of scanning through. There's some incredible recipes in there, but I want to go a little bit deeper though. I want to go three fathoms down because you said addiction runs in your family. And I've talked about it on the show. It runs in mine as well. My mom has a bipolar disease that has really held her back so much in life. Uh, my father on his side, he has some cognitive dissonance that he struggled with. And in my early life, when I was a kid, food became the ultimate friend. It became this way for me to numb out and not feel these feelings, Lana, that I didn't want to feel. And so transcending that took a lot of deep work. Mm. I'm curious for you, you, you called it shadow work. What did that shadow work look like for you when we look at transcending addiction? So shadow work for me looks like it's something I do every day. I just do a little bit each day. And to me, it feels like this, this dark shadow or this pit of all the things in my life that I don't like, that I don't like the feeling of, I don't like thinking of. Maybe it's something that I'm dealing with emotionally or mentally right now, or it might be something that happened to me in the past mm. that I just do not want to address. And so I allow myself to kind of go into that shadow work where I might just sit down or I might have a pen and paper and it feels very meditative. And basically I'll just write what I'm feeling, like the deepest, like darkest, like feelings, the, the pain. I really go into the pain of it. And then that way I feel like I'm fully facing the pain yeah. rather than like running from it or from avoiding it. And it's strange because it does feel really painful and really hard to just like turn and face the things that we're avoiding. But I find that once I do turn and face them, whatever the problem might be in my life, you know, and I'll be like, universe, I really need help with this situation. It's causing me a lot of pain. I'm having these kinds of thoughts. It's making me feel these emotions. I feel really uncomfortable right now. I wish I wasn't even having to talk about this. Yeah. And then I find once I go into it, it really transmutes everything or it dissolves it. And then that shadow, that darkness isn't like kind of lingering or hovering over me. I feel like I've turned and faced it and I've just like blasted it into light. And then once we hand it over to the universe in that way, it really starts to resolve itself because, you know, the universe has our back. Mm. God really is there for us when we ask for help. So it's just like addressing those things that we need help with. So that's what my kind of shadow work looks like. And the earth diet was this really great framework for you to stay accountable to your promises you'd made to yourself. What's the core tenets of the earth diet? What are these guidelines? So yeah, the earth diet is to me the most fun way to eat and enjoy food and have a good relationship with food forever. I can tell you're smiling right now as you say that. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I just get so lit up. Like I love food so much. Like, okay, God's number one, food's number two. And food just brings me so much pleasure, but it doesn't kill me or like destroy my body like it used to. And I don't feel guilty after I eat food. Yeah. The whole thing's transformed. So the principles of the earth diet is basically eat from the earth, like foods that come straight from the earth as much as possible. So if we can just implement this in our brain right now, then you've adapted the earth diet philosophy and you can keep this until, you know, for the rest of your life. So the idea is if you can think right now, like imagine out the backyard, you have this amazing garden and you can go and pick kale and cucumber and celery and strawberries and blueberries. The more you can eat from your own backyard, that's organic, it's seasonal, it's local because it's literally outside your backyard, 
that's the best way that we can eat and nourish our body because we get the most nutrition per bite, per calorie. So we're getting so much nutrients. And then it's very nourishing. It's very healing because we're connected to the earth. We're in harmony with the earth. And when we eat like this, we don't overeat. And we start to heal things like overeating, emotional eating, binge eating, and addictions because we're in harmony with the earth, which is essentially the universe and God. So we become very like peaceful and we have a really good relationship with food. Okay. So what about people who don't have a garden in their backyard? And I live in New York city, so I don't. Sure. So then we just do the next step. So the next best possible thing, which is to eat as much whole foods as possible, organic foods, seasonal, local. And then once we get those things, we just put so much nutrition into our body that our cravings for junk foods eventually go away. And I never thought it was possible for me to not crave junk foods. And I do not crave junk foods. And I have not craved junk food for years, which to me is a miracle. Yeah. Because I was so addicted. And for those of you listening that might have an addiction to food, you know it can feel like you're addicted to alcohol and drugs. It's just as hard to give it up and in fact we do it more you know we eat all day every day every human so it's we have such a relationship with food so um the next philosophy with the earth diet was or the next principle was okay every time i have a craving i'm going to honor that craving and i'm going to acknowledge it so i'd be like okay what am i craving burgers chocolate cheesecake ice cream and then i thought okay i can actually have that but in a way that's really nourishing for me and it's going to give me nutrition at the same time Mm. so i found a way to make recipes for all my favorite junk foods and i had a lot of help because my father's a chef so it literally is in my dna and i started you know working with food from a young age so i got in the kitchen i started making chocolate recipes and cheesecake made with cashews and ice cream made with almonds and burgers using organic grass-fed beef and gluten-free buns and Mind you, like I had a taste for junk food. So I had to make these foods taste like junk food, like just as good and pleasurable as junk food, but using clean, wholesome ingredients. And that's what I built my books from. And so I shed a lot of excess weight doing that. So literally every single craving I had, I allowed myself to have it, whether it was like peanut butter chicken, or if I was craving pasta, you know, I would have brown rice pasta, just find a way to eat all my favorite foods. Mm. And so that's what I've done now for eight years. And my body's transformed, my health has transformed. It's very exciting way to live. And actually, right after this podcast, I was going to make my 10 minute cookie dough recipe, because I've been craving cookies since last night. So I'm like, (laughs) you know what, I'm gonna have that. And it's made with almond flour. So I'm gonna get protein and vitamin E. And this kind of mindset is literally helping so many people not crave junk foods ever again. I love so much what you said. And again, like I want to pick it apart 12 times. The thing that came up for me first, though, was around the nutrient quality. We've had so many people come on the show and essentially say a sentence of, hey, just eat real food. And we know this. We know this, Leona, in the industry, right? But when we look at this raw food piece, a lot of people don't get raw foods in their diet at all. One of the tenets I saw for the Earth Diet Principles was to always have raw foods attached to your meals. Can you tell us about that? Yes. So... That ties in with the principle of going to your backyard and picking food like straight from the bush or the tree because it's so nutrient rich. So raw foods, you know, they're in their natural state and they haven't been heated. So they have a lot of live, alive nutrition and live enzymes. So they're so good for us. And the energy frequency of them is really, really high. Like cooked foods can be very healing as well. And I do eat a lot of cooked foods, but Definitely when we eat raw foods, we feel that instant energy. I do encourage people to do that more often. So some examples of eating raw foods, for example, like if I make a curry or if I make a soup, I'll always have with it, I'll cut up some raw cucumber or raw celery or some raw radish Mm. or even raw cauliflower or broccoli just to have with it. So I make it like a hybrid. So that way we're always getting that raw nutrition and also raw foods fill us up a lot quicker. Yes, because they're so dense, right? And they also have a lot of fiber. You know, a concept that we're very familiar with is protein, fiber, fat, and water. We learned that from Jade Tita on the show. In your diet plan, what I see so much in the Earth Diet is a ton of fiber. Do you feel like fiber is the leading component? What's the flagship nutrient for the Earth Diet? 
the flagship nutrient. I love it. Basically, just get nutrients in. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's the whole idea. Because when I used to eat junk food, I was not getting nutrition mm. at all. So the principle with the Earth Diet is, at every single meal and drink, you could think to yourself, okay, how much nutrition am I really getting from this right now? And we can ask ourselves that throughout the day. So the idea is to get nutrition at every single meal and every single drink that we have. Yeah. And then trust the body because the body will crave protein sometimes or it'll crave fats and oils. Like if you're craving fried foods, you know, there's a good chance you're craving those fats for your brain. So you could get them with avocado or have some chia seeds, some hemp seeds, some flax seed. Mm. The fiber is obviously really important also. But the body is so amazing. Like, isn't it amazing that we're sitting here talking yeah. and the heart's beating, the lungs are breathing, the digestive system is working. Like, everything's working. It's just like innate intelligence that we have. So when the body craves certain things, like we could trust that and be like, wow, I'm really craving, I need that fiber right now, that protein. So coffee is great, but what do you do if you've hit a daily limit for your caffeine and you still require more energy to meet the demands and responsibilities in front of you? Over the past two years, I've personally been doing an N equals one experiment while studying what supplements work to yield energy and balance in my wellness without a bunch of stimulants. That's why I'm excited to talk to you about Perfect Asahi Revive, this energy boosting blend of Asahi Berry, Cordyceps, rhodiola rosea and grape extract which work together synergistically to increase endurance athletic performance and boost cognitive function this perfect asahi revive is a four-in-one upgrade in one perfect blend of organic pesticide-free real food supplementation that delivers sustained energy and focus throughout the day without those jitters and the caffeine crash pick up your four-in-one supplement make it easier to get the energy you need for your busy day by clicking over to perfectsupplements.com forward slash wellness force grab your asahi revive make sure to enter code wellness force to get 10 percent off your entire order I love that you're saying the word cravings. You know, what comes up for me when I hear the word cravings, probably somebody listening. This is a big question, Liana. So take a breath. <laughs> I'm curious what you're going to share on this. How do we decipher when a craving is worthy of being satisfied or when it's coming from a place of sabotage when we look at craving? I love that question. Yes. Okay. So here's what I do when I get a craving. For example, last night I had cravings for cookies and it was like 10 o'clock at night. And so for me, it's that conversation with our own selves, right? And really getting to what we're doing. So I was like, okay, I'm, I can't really cook, make cookies right now. It's kind of late. I need to get up early. So the more responsible choice for me would be to, to wait until tomorrow. And I had this conversation with myself. I was like, can I wait until tomorrow? I was like, yeah, because I don't want to go to bed with a full stomach. Yeah. You know, sometimes I will bake cookies at 10 p.m. at night because to me, it's an appropriate choice. But last night, it wasn't. So I said, okay, what if I can have the cookies in the afternoon? I was like, yeah, actually, I do have time that I can make them and it would balance out with the rest of my day. And I knew that it wasn't like a self-sabotage, you know, when we can plan it out. Mm. So for me, it's like whenever someone has a craving, if they can just start talking to themselves and asking themselves, yeah. okay, am I sabotaging myself right now or do I really need this? Like if you haven't eaten a burger in a month and you're craving a burger, most likely you're not sabotaging yourself. Most likely your body wants that for that balance. And we're human beings and part of us being here, we love to have fun and enjoy all of the pleasures that we've created. Yeah. So if you've eaten like for the last three days junk food and now you're craving a burger and you feel like your digestive system's backed up and you're feeling really depressed and yeah. then maybe you could be like, well, you know, no, this feels like a self-sabotage. And that's when we go into the shadow work. That's when we have to turn and face it and go, why do I want this burger right now? Why do I want to make the situation worse for me? Be like, no, I'm going to take out my light sword. I'm going to slay it right now. Yep. And in fact, I'm going to have a green juice and I'm going to kill that craving with a green juice instead. And I'm going to own my power and I'm, I'm in control of my health. And I'm feeling like these are impulses. So Viktor Frankl, one of my most favorite books on the shelf, Man's Search for Meaning. Have you, have you read it or have you heard quotes? I've heard quotes. I've not read his book. One of the best quotes that relates to exactly what you're saying is between stimulus and response, there's a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and freedom. Mm. How do you fortify that space, that safe space in between stimulus and response? That is incredible. Yeah, I love that. So that's kind of what I did last night. You know, I had the craving for cookies and I had that conversation with myself. Instead of impulsively getting up and making them right there on the spot, 
I said, okay, I'll have them tomorrow. And that's a really nice space to give ourselves like a loving space because we say, okay, I'm going to plan when I can have that. And if we give ourselves like 24 hours or 12 hours of when we can act on that craving, then we're still honoring that we're having that craving and that's something that we want to enjoy. But it's not out of impulse at that point because there's a lot of patience that's going to be involved and planning and preparation. So I've learned to create more space like that whenever I have impulses as well, whether it's food or whether it's like sending an email to someone or communicating with someone, you know, giving that space can be really helpful. And I think there's a moment where we all can breathe and stop going and being fueled so much by instant gratification versus what you're saying is taking that breath, tuning in to what our body is trying to tell us. But there's things that block the voice of our internal narrative. And my friend Bedros Koulian shared uh, this bridge between knowing and hearing the voice. And whenever he was hungry, angry, or lonely, or tired, that's when he would slip down into spirals of making bad food choices or just bad choices in life in general. Do you have any core pillars of self-care or self-love that guide you to make new habits stick, looking back on your story? Yes. So I've implemented a few things that I now do every day that I have no idea how I lived without these pillars. And so one of them is for one hour, every single day I dedicate to my body. I call it body maintenance. I've done this every single hour for years and it's incredible. And in the beginning, I didn't really enjoy doing it. It was a bit uncomfortable. And I was like, wow, I'm really giving a whole hour out of my day just for my body. But I justified it like we have 24 hours in the day. So of course, we should just have one hour a day dedicated to our body. And during this hour, I focus on nothing else but my body. If other thoughts come in, I send it out. So I focus on, like I even imagine sometimes my organs and I visualize the inside of my body. And sometimes I'll do like a yoga class. Other times I might do yoga on my own. Sometimes I'll just go for a walk through Central Park for an hour. Sometimes I'll do like an intense um, boxing class or cardio workout, soul cycle, or sometimes I'll lift weights at the gym. Sometimes I'll go snowboarding. So like I mix it up every single day, but I, it's something that I really schedule out and plan out. So every single day I have that, that body maintenance. So today for me, what I did was the one hour walking through Central Park and then I might do stretching and dancing. So that gives me this foundation for my physical body maintenance because I'm thinking, you know, if I'm going to live till I'm 80, 90, 100 years old, yeah. I want to continue this practice until then because I want to be flexible and enjoy good posture and enjoy good physical feeling for the rest of my life. So mm. that to me has been like so life-changing. Um, and then the other things I've started implementing, first thing in the morning when I wake up is 10 minutes of meditation. So before anything, before I put my phone on or check messages, so 10 minutes just to completely just feel the consciousness underneath all of my thoughts. And then I've um, recently started doing mirror work, which is another interesting way to do shadow work. So um, mirror work is, it's still a little bit uncomfortable for me, but I know it's something I need to overcome and that helps with self-worth. Tell us about the mirror work. Do you stand naked and tell yourself good things? (laughs) I do. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, not always naked. Sometimes it's just my face. But yeah, yeah, the idea with mirror work is just to fully stand in the mirror and accept, you know, who we are. And um, I just turned 30. And so I found myself in the mirror like, okay, I'm 30. Wow. Okay. Mm. So my 20s is over. I was like, do I like myself? Do I like being alone by myself? You know, who am I? Like, what am I going to do? Yeah. And then I was like, I, you know, I don't like the lines in my neck. And I don't like the lines that I'm starting to get on my eyes or my forehead. I'm like, okay, I need to, you know, address this and accept it because I'm only going to get probably more lines realistically. Um, So I need to be able to like create this rich inner world and this peace inside. And so that's what I find that mirror work is doing. And then, you know, the healthier we are internally, then the healthier choices that we make in every aspect of our life. Well, I think that was the ultimate tweetable right there. (laughs) We could definitely put that in a frame. So I'm hearing from you mirror work, the hour of body work, doing walking, whatever it might be, just giving yourself an hour 
in our busy day. And then meditation. I don't think in the past hundred episodes, Liana, somebody hasn't said meditation. So thank you for reminding us about that again. Mm. You know, there was an article you wrote and it was for Huffington Post UK. It was three simple dietary changes for mental health. You talked about eating foods that were good for the brain. This is awesome. Drinking a fresh cup of juice every day and cutting back on inflammatory foods. Now, obviously all those things are in alignment with the earth diet, but can you break those down quickly? Yeah. So sometimes people come to me and they say, what's just one thing if you could say anything that I should do for my health? And I always say juicing. Juicing, juicing, juicing is so transformative and it's the fastest way for us to put like a lot of nutrition into every single cell in our body. And we have trillions of cells, right? So whenever we have a juice, we're getting that raw nutrition. It's like the blood of the vegetables. So Someone could do like kale, cucumber, celery, some green apple, some ginger, and some lemon. And all of that nutrition, when we drink it, literally goes straight into our cells, straight into our blood system. We can't help but feel better after we have a juice. And so if people do this and commit to this, like, okay, I'm going to have one juice every single day for the rest of my life. It's like your medicine. And I want to say it has a lot more benefits and nutrients than pharmaceutical drugs. It's actually legit medicine. And it can help with depression as well, anxiety, no matter how stressful our situation is. If we just have that fresh juice every single day, it does wonders. It also clears out the digestive system. So when I was healing, I would have up to six juices a day because I just I needed to overdose my system with nutrition because I deprived it for so long. Yeah. So most of the juices I had were beet juice. And beets actually go into the digestive system and anything that might be stuck on the bowel walls, like any growths or even tumors or any I mean, sometimes we store things in there for years. Anything stuck to the bowel walls it cannot survive beet juice. So beet juice lifts it off and like kicks it out. It's hmm. a crazy, amazing, powerful detox. And it's like a detox sniper. Like beets go in there with their <laughs> guns and just shoot all the bad stuff. Yeah, totally. They're just like pow, 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 out, out, out. Yeah. Yeah. So juicing every single day. So I had my fresh juice today and yeah, it's something that I commit to doing for the rest of my life. And some people say, you know, well, there's no fiber in it, but that's okay because you can get fiber from your smoothies or from your other food. Yeah. Juice is its own thing. And also because it doesn't have fiber, it doesn't take energy, a lot of energy from the body mm-hmm. to have to break it down because oftentimes we eat foods and our digestive system may not be clean. It may have a lot of compacted waste. So it's not able to absorb a lot of nutrition from our food. And that's been a big problem in today's society. People's guts are either bloated or have some issues there. And so they're not getting all the nutrition they should be from the food. And so juicing is just one way for us to put that like instantly into ourselves. Have I talked enough about juicing or should I keep going? (laughs) I'm so glad you're talking about this because one of the things that I've always felt is timing around juicing. You know, if you have a cup of juice and then you sit for four hours, what about timing for you? When do you like to have your juice? Is it before workout? Is it after your exercise? When do you find that juicing feels best for you? You know, I just sometimes need to get it in during the day. So for me, it doesn't matter what time, but I do love to do it after a workout because I feel like my my pores and my organs are really open and they want to receive some nourishment after putting out all that energy and maybe sweating. So I do love to have it right after that or after a sauna because I just feel like my body absorbs it. And then also whenever I have a juice, like today I had it when I was walking through Central Park, I just give myself a minute and allow my body to fully receive it and receive all the benefits that the juice is providing to my body. And I imagine all that juice going to every single cell in my body from my my toes, you know, to my fingertips, to my head, my hair. I just imagine my body like absorbing all of it. Oh my gosh, I can picture you standing in the middle of the sun and just allowing it to penetrate your cells with (laughs) nutrients and life. Thank you for mentioning that. You know, this same article, we'll definitely link your article from Huffington Post in the show notes. It's this concept that we've talked so much about on the show and it's trusting the process. I can't tell you how many people that I've worked with personally and typically their question is right off the bat, how can I trust that this will work? And usually what I say is, you know, it's a practice of doing and believing over and over again until it becomes real. What do you think about the process of trust? How has trusting the process been for you? What does that look like now compared to what it was before? Yeah, well, for me, it was really easy to trust the earth diet, basically, because it's come down to pure science. 
and it made sense to me on a scientific level. Well, science proves it. And then also it made sense to me spiritually and with common sense. Yeah. So for me, it was like common sense. It was like, yeah, eat from the earth, eat those kinds of foods, and you can enjoy all your favorite foods for the rest of your life as long as it's in a more natural or upgraded organic way. And then the message I got was, this is the best option for your highest self and you will live your most healthy, vibrant life possible in this lifetime. And then also it's better for the environment because you're giving back to the environment, you're taking care of it, you know, not being obsessive or like too indulgent, like eating, eating, eating. It's very in harmony with the environment Mm. as well. So it just totally made sense. And then when my body started to transform, I started to heal. I started to feel better. My immune system got stronger. I lost excess weight. And then the tumor dissolved in three months after applying this. Mm. Just three months. That's incredible. Yeah, it's not that quick for everyone, but some people it can be even quicker. And so, I I mean, it just it was very easy to trust, to trust that. And I just think we can't go wrong with eating nutrition every single day. We can't go wrong with eating more fresh foods straight from our backyard. And we can't go wrong with having that fresh juice every single day. And I think you travel so much recently, especially with your Hay House Radio. What do you notice about people across the world? They're hungry for this better life. Is there a common thread, Liana, that connects them, whether it's lack of purpose, maybe they're in the wrong relationship, they have some past trauma, they have fear of being seen or other blocking factors? What do you think you see the most when people come to you and tell you their stories? Yeah, so I've noticed a common thread around the world and I've traveled to 17 countries. So I've met a lot of people from all different places. And what I've noticed is that every single person, we all want the same thing. We all want the same thing. We're all striving for this soul journey for, to feel peace and full self-expression and to feel love. And that sounds so simple, but that's what I really got because I got that nobody likes suffering and a lot of people do suffer. And, you know, Eckhart Tolle and others say like we're addicted to our pain and suffering. And yeah, we are, but nobody really likes it. And every person's soul Mm. wants to be set free of that. I found that every single soul wants to heal whatever soul wounds they have or whatever is really troubling them and is keeping them in suffering. So we're all looking for that. What is that that can make me feel better and can help heal me? Oh, I had to take a big breath when you said that because that is a narrative that I think many people, millions of people have. It's like, how do I get out of this suffering? Let me pose this question to you. Do you feel like the tension around wanting to stop the suffering can actually be part of the suffering itself? Yes, that is exactly it. Because we we also not taught at school when we're kids, okay, you guys are going to suffer and here's how to deal with it. Here are the tools. Mm. Like we just weren't taught that. So we've had to really explore that a lot. And I do feel like the next generation coming through of kids and their kids, I feel like they won't even accept stress. They will just kind of look at it like, you know what? No, stress is like cancer. I'm going to opt out of stressing at all. But I do feel like our generation, we just don't like it at all. And we're just not equipped with the tools. So the more we can apply the tools to ourselves and help heal our own lives and our own souls, then other people can also see those tools. But I have found that avoiding or running away does not work at all. And for me, I always lived with this concept of like one day, you know, one day I'll wake up and never crave junk foods or I'll start, I'll be healthy tomorrow, 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 tomorrow. And that never came. And so my how I live now, like my mental shift has really changed is like, no, it's ongoing now and now and now. And we don't know at any second we could feel something or someone could text us or we get a phone call or we bump into someone on the street that can trigger this like bad emotional feeling or thought process. Mm. And, you know, we have to deal with that right there on the spot. And so it's like this ongoing process. It's not like, one day my life will begin. It's like, no, like (laughs) this is it. Okay. Something just triggered me. What's going on? And if we don't have time to deal with it right there on the spot, something I do is I say, God, I just got triggered. And now I feel absolutely terrible about that. Can you please help me with that? And then I have to go on about my business, whether it's um, jumping on a podcast interview or, you know, Mm. um, making a recipe, whatever it is, I continue on with what I know I have to do. And then that other stuff, that internal stuff, it comes back and resolves itself eventually. 
This is what I'm really enjoying with you, this this energy you're sharing. And I think people can feel it. It's this committing to the process, you know, one step at a time. It's wherever we are in our lives, it's perfect because we're there anyways, right? So why resist it? Just go with it. When we look at beliefs, I want to wrap this show soon here before we get into our fun round. I'm going to ask you some surprise questions. I hope you're ready. Ooh. Well, you're not ready. I didn't send you the answers. <laughs> but but beliefs, beliefs shape everything that we do. So you have to believe that you can make the change. And if you can't, then you get to call in support from a community from a coach, from someone in your corner that can fortify that belief with you. What is your mission now with helping people to fortify new beliefs? So I watch one-on-one with people a lot. I still do have a few clients, but I have a team of Earth Diet health coaches and it's on theearthdiet.com. People can go there and pick a health coach basically and fill out a questionnaire of your biggest health obstacles that you feel like are just in your way and then your health goals. And we have people that are trained just like myself in this philosophy and health coaching to help you like break through that. And um, that's what I've been up to. And that's what I'm really committed to is just helping people because I suffered so much and that suffering was very painful and it sucks. And it's so in my heart now that I want to help others who are suffering in that same way Mm. to heal from that and recover. Well, I think we definitely can feel that from you. And I want to go seven layers deeper. This is the last part of our show. It's seven fast questions for seven of Liana's real answers. Are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> How'd your life change when you got married? What about your wellness habits shifted once you became cohabitating with someone else? I was married when I was 20, 22 for 12 months. And so that didn't work out. And that was, um, I mean, he, he was great. He adopted the organic lifestyle and he loved the Earth Diet recipes. And actually, um, a fair few recipes were inspired by him because he is American. So he loved the chocolate peanut butter combo. So I made a lot of chocolate peanut butter stuff for him. Um, but yeah, we didn't work out. And, you know, I look back at that divorce now because that's something that's been like a lot of baggage in my life. And I've looked back at that like, okay, I see how I repeated my parents' relationships because my parents have split. And so it just was not a healthy environment for me. So I've been, um, I've been single since then and healing from that. So I was definitely not expecting that question. <laughs> hmm. Well, it's really cool because I think you're shining light on the real work, the deeper inner work. You know, this book you've written is extremely powerful, The Earth Diet, all these recipes, all your coaches, you're making a huge impact. But what comes up for me is how authentic you are. I mean, you're still doing your work. You're still talking to us about your work. So thank you for being that way. And the next thing I want to ask you is around the first time. When was the last time that you did something for the first time? And what was it? The last Last time I did something for the first time. Oh, I did it um, a few days ago. I went to this class at Bandier in New York and it was a booty bands class. So for all the ladies listening who want to work out your booty and who love your booty. so Men want to work out our booties too. <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah, you totally could. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not at a booty class though. Um, yeah, I have to say it was full of women, but I'm sure men could do a booty bands class as well. So it, <laughs> there are these bands that you put on your legs and around your knees and um, do different exercises that's really good for the booty. So that was a first time this week and that was really fun. Do you have a mantra you might tell yourself or, or an internal narrative that gives you a reminder to breathe and in quiet whatever storm you find yourself in do you have something you tell yourself yes if i find myself my mind saying oh this is too much this sucks i i wish this wasn't happening straight away now i think just take a breath take a breath take a breath and Mm. just taking a breath is meditation basically so yeah i just say take a breath (laughs) and our breath is it's really we've talked about this a few times it's our only autonomic response that we have control over. Mm. So, so powerful. Without breath, we have nothing. What makes you laugh the most in life? I mean, what cracks you up right now? What cracks me up right now? Oh my goodness. I love these questions. Oh man, what cracks me up? Um, what makes me laugh? Oh man. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm always laughing, I guess. So, um, and that's something I've also learned is like to not take things so seriously yeah. and to be able to laugh at everything. And I find myself, if, I, if I'm not able to laugh at something, I'm like, hmm, there's a definitely an attachment to the suffering there. Uh, so I need to find a way that I can laugh at like every single situation um, that's going on. But yeah. yeah, I love, I just love watching funny I just love watching funny YouTube videos. Um, my sister and I have this sense of humor. We're like we love pranks. So we love those kinds of videos. Who is someone right now that you consider to be a mentor, either life or work? Is there anyone out there who inspires you to be your best version? Wayne Dyer. 
What about him resonates with you so much? Wayne Dyer, to me, he's this incredible person who basically just shared his life and what he was going through. And, you know, he didn't have the most like fun things happen to him all the time, like when his wife um, cheated on him. But he, you know, he shared that. He's like, this is what happened and, and this caused suffering. So this is how I'm going to deal with it. And this is how I'm relieving myself of that. So I just think he's incredible because he just put his life out there and, you know, he shared about it because it took me years and years and years to not be embarrassed about me being divorced. Yeah. You know, that was like, but he's just like real time. He was just like, whatever's happening, he would share it at that time, which I think is incredible that he just kind of handed himself over to the universe in service to help other people through his story. And then when he had me on his radio show, he really helped boost me to this next level in my career. And, of, yeah. um, you know, he was telling people, try the earth diet, do the earth diet. It's really helpful. It's really healing. So through him saying that, he helped a lot of people heal um, who came to find my work. And then, you know, the Earth Diet is now a business. And so that's a whole other thing. Having a business and being a business owner comes with all of its own stresses, as a lot of people who are business owners know. Mm -hmm. So I was having this um, a few weeks ago. It was just like, just kind of freaking out in my mind. Like things weren't really going my way. And I was just like, I don't, this just does not feel good at all. This feels like I'm going backwards. It feels really painful. And he came to me in um, a dream one night. And he, all he said was, Liana, it's all how you think about it. He's like, everything is actually really good. You just have to think about it differently. So I woke up the next day and everything I thought that was not working out, I just, I looked at it and I was like, wow, okay, I can see how I can think differently about that and that and that. And I just shifted my perspective. Mm. Another deep breath. I've taken like five deep breaths from your shares. Thank you for that again. And this last <laughs> question, with all you've been through and you know the healing, which we didn't get to talk about, I will link the story about how you healed your mom uh, with cancer. I'll link that in our show notes. But mm -hmm. everything you've developed up to now, what is wellness to you? How do you define wellness in your life? <laughs> wellness is a moment to moment thing. And it's constantly bringing ourselves back to the present moment and allowing ourselves to be well like mind, body, and spirit wellness. You have the Hay House Summit. You're working on a new book for next year, but where can people learn more about you in 2017? Where can they follow what you're up to? So people can just Google me or go to theearthdiet.com. Um, I'm on social media every day. I love connecting with you guys. So if you have any questions or comments, you can just type in either my name, Liana Werner Gray, or The Earth Diet, and find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Um, and then also I'll be speaking at the Truth About Cancer Summit this October in Florida. So um, you can either come to Orlando and see that live or that'll be live streamed also. Fantastic. Well, let me pause for a breath and a moment to just say thank you for keeping it real. <laughs> you have been so great today sharing what I believe people can really hold on to. So thanks for sharing your gifts with us, for coming on the show and for doing what you do with the Earth Diet and beyond. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, my friend, thank you for hanging out and growing with me on today's show. Remember to hit subscribe and share this podcast with someone you care about that gets to hear this message. And if today's guest sparks something in you, leave us a five-star review on iTunes for the podcast by just quickly tapping on your show artwork on your iPhone, hit the link in purple that says review this podcast. It helps the show reach more conscious people like yourself and attracts world-class guests. So let them hear your voice. For all the downloads, videos, links, giveaways, and free resources mentioned on the episode that support you to live life well, go to wellnessforce.com forward slash radio. And while you're at my house on the web, join the free Wellness Force newsletter on that page because I want to send you four free guides around staying healthy with your training and your travel. And if you're ready to take inspired action, don't let this conversation stop here. Join a group of people who care about what you do over at the Wellness Force Community Facebook page. Just search Wellness Force Community on Facebook. This is where we talk about the things that really matter. We share our wins, inspirations, and our struggles, and so much more. Tap the show artwork on your iPhone, hit the purple link that says join the Facebook group, and I will welcome you at the door. Okay, now you get to go out into your world and create impact for the people you care about and be a positive force of wellness in their lives. So until I see you again real soon next week, I'm wishing you love and wellness 